This podcast replay is brought to you by Perdomo Cigars. Check out the retail store in Miami Gardens at 5150 Northwest 167th Street. Plenty of cigar gear and a relaxing lounge. This is a Perdomo way. Lofi says next year our defense might the, might be the worst in our own division. Lots of pieces to be figured out. and uh, It's too early, bro. You're reacting uh, like uh, I see some of the writers too. You got to wait to see what they draft and what they add in free agency and who improves from the roster the year before and all that. You just never know. And you know what needs to happen more than anything, Lofi? The offense needs to start carrying the team more. And that's where you must improve the line and the running game, Lofi. That's, see, that's where I think some of you kind of miss the, the boat here. You know, yeah, you need a good defense, and you need to make some stops. And you need to make timely stops, right? But the one factor that I need the Dolphins to get across is they need to become a much more physical and dominating offense. The team gets bailed out by the defense way too much. And it depends on the defense way too much for the last 10 plus years, maybe 20. And rarely does the the offense lead the charge. And you have an offensive-minded coach. That's your head coach. That needs to be what leads this team. So that's what needs to change. And then you'll have a better defense because you can keep them fresher. But if you're going to throw them out there because, you know, you're going to have a bunch of three and outs and you're going to do irresponsible play calling and all kinds of stuff and you're not going to dedicate yourself to the run and things like that, then you create trickle-down effects. Okay? And that's what ends up happening. When you make stupid decisions like keeping Chubb in, in, at the end of a fourth quarter when the game is over and it's a 30-point loss and he's three minutes left in the game and why are you there? These are the stupid things that set you back and set your own team back. And when you're running the ball and you stop running the ball and now you fail on offense, now you're putting your defense back out there again. There's a lot of things that come to game management that needs to get better with Mike McDaniel drastically and it better improve drastically this year because I will be losing my shit if it doesn't. I don't have any more patience for Mike McDaniel and his goofiness on the sidelines. None. I'm done with patience. I need to see results on the sidelines now. I'm going to be incredibly critical of Mike McDaniel this year if he continues doing stupid shit on the sidelines. Okay? Because it affects everything and anything that goes on with this team and all of his players. Because he doesn't manage the game. So if anything, I need the offense to pick it up. This podcast replay is brought to you by Orvieto's Awards and more. For 35 years, providing everything from plaques to laser and UV printing. They do all their engraving and printing in-house for quality control. Call Charles at 305-949-8098 or visit them at orvietosawards.com. Orvieto's Awards and more, where recognition is rewarding. Uh, Pucci says, I argue with O, keep X, and he was right. I was wrong, but... Still would have kept him. Uh, they'll, you know, Pucci, I think they would keep him 
Okay. Wait a minute. Let me, let me get to the bottom of the list. I think they would keep him. What's the theme that I'm looking for? Come on. It's three words. Right, let's see how loyal. Let's see how much you pay attention. They would keep X. They would. Three words that we have some fun with. Anybody got it for me? I'll give you two clues. Cook and Taylor. Cook and Taylor. It's three words. What is it? Three words. There we go, One-Eyed Jack. I effing love you, bro. Dude 67 coming in. Low-hanging fruit. Come on, man. We're talking about the two-year, the two-year GM that sneaks in that second year to control your ass. We're talking about Chris Greer. Low-hanging fruit. So if X wants to go out there and think he's going to go get market value and all that, you've what, what does what does Chris Greer say? You've earned that right to be a free agent, right? You know when he tells you that, it's like, hey man. We got you. We understand you've earned that right. It's a really nice way of saying, go test the market, dude. So, yeah, they would bring X back. But it's those three magical words. If it ain't those three magical words, X is not coming back to the Miami Dolphins. So those images he had of playing with his friend Jalen Ramsey and having the best combo – and all that stuff, uh, not going to happen. Not going to happen for him, unfortunately. You know? So as long as he wants that low-hanging fruit, then yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll do that. That's, that's him right there. This podcast replay is brought to you by KSDT CPA, one of South Florida's largest and one of the country's fastest growing accounting firms. KSDT CPA is a full service firm that also excels in crypto. Visit them at KSDTCPA.com or call 305-670-3370. Today was a day where there was a lot of good news for the Dolphins besides the cap. I love the story of Sean McVay because it is so... So Mike McDaniel, he needs it badly, right? I love the, the Justin Herbert story because it really connects with everything that goes on in general for most quarterbacks, not just our guy Tua, not just our guy Marino, but in general overall. There's a lot of stories that I think shed light on what goes on. We talked a little bit about the cap and how it could affect the the – uh, the situation with uh, Wilkins and all that, right? Here's another one that I thought was fantastic for the Miami Dolphins. Drew Rosenhaus. So Drew Rosenhaus was on with Joe this morning, right? And he was talking about, first of all, good news. He was talking about, you know, he said there, there'll be other teams interested in Van Ginkle. And sure, maybe Fangio wants him, but... Do you think Van Ginkle really gravitates to Fangio, likes Fangio, really wants to have conversations with Fangio? Does anybody want to have conversations with Fangio? No. Is Fangio going to be 
in Philadelphia for many years to come? Probably not. So let's really be realistic. Van Ginkle's not going to get stolen by Philadelphia. Okay? And he says there's mutual interest between the Dolphins and Van Ginkle. They've got their home here. This is the team that drafted him. This is the team that believed him. This is the front office that believed in him. More importantly, not Flo, because he didn't use him enough. Okay? And Fangio figured it out finally and used him, and maybe more because of the injuries too. I don't know. But either way, great news in that sense, the mutual interest part. I think Van Ginkle comes back here, no problem. Then the next one, and this is where we hit a home run out of the park so we can talk about the bullshit first and foremost. Okay, so he talks about the Connor Williams thing because he's the same agent for it. Says, I do think we're going to be very methodical and take a very uh, uh, slow, uh, 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 slow approach to it. Um, it's not... Now, here's the thing about taking a slow and methodical approach to all of this. Uh, what happens... Um, do you think people wait till like July to sign players, or do you think they want to know their players already in in March and April and then everything? Right when they dr- plans are already done, salaries are signed. So you're gonna wait till the NFL and all the other teams have made their decisions. You're gonna wait till money dries up because that's part of free agency. You want to like sign early because cap space gets taken up. And then later on, you don't have cap space. So what methodical approach can you take? It sounds really nice. And I get it, dude. Writers aren't going to challenge Drew Rosenhaus in this. They don't, want, they don't need to piss him off because they got to call him for quotes. I don't need to call Drew Rosenhaus for any kind of quote. I don't give a shit. Okay? I don't give a rat's ass. But if you want to wait, Drew, that's fantastic. You play more into the Dolphins' hands. Because less people will have money. There'll be less opportunities, and that will play right into the Dolphins' hands to sign your client, Connor Williams. So let's, you know, cut through the bullshit. If you want to take a slow, methodical approach, that plays right into the Miami Dolphins' hands. I just want to thank you, my brother, because you gave me some really good news on the Joe Rose Show this morning. And I know nobody's going to challenge you on that because, of course, you know, Nobody's going to want to piss off their guest, and, and, and writers aren't going to challenge him in that because then they can't call him for a quote on anything else because he won't call him back. So that's all right. Me, I don't care if I piss you off. You can kiss my ass, okay? You know, same thing that happened with the whole X stuff. After everything that goes on, you know, and I know the agent very well, and I like him and everything, but it's not going to stop me from calling it like I see it. They should have traded his ass a few years ago, like I said. Wrong move on the Dolphins' part. Should have dumped his ass a couple years ago and get something. And I told you they would dump his ass now. Okay? And I'm telling you what Drew Rosenau says makes zero sense. So if you want to take a slow and methodical approach, you will play right into the hands of the Miami Dolphins front office. Thank you, sir. Connor Williams, you're more than guaranteed to come back to the Miami Dolphins. And guess what? I welcome you back. It's going to be a lot of fun to have you back. So once you do get healthy, 
Then you'll join the Dolphins. Eichenberg will fill in until then. Folks, you can support the hardest-working sports talk show in South Florida through Cash App or Venmo. Just search Cash Big O Show. Support us through Cash App or Venmo. Cash Big O Show. We thank you for your incredible support. Question for you. I know we're talking about Christian Wilkins. With the salary cap being so high, does that change at all anything that you were thinking? You know, I'm glad you brought that up now. Um, no, it doesn't change. I still think they let him go, but there's one chance now. I think now the tag part, if they don't have the success or they don't think that in free agency or the draft, they have an answer at tackle. I can I can see them because of all the space that's opened up. They could actually tag Wilkins. Hear me out now. And try to negotiate a long-term contract, but oh well, we couldn't come up with it. You'll have to play on it. And then they keep him around kind of a dick move for one more year, and he has to play under the tag. That's the one. That's the one thing that I would give because they have enough space now that they can even pull that shit off. But again, they have to look at the landscape. If they don't think they're going to be able to replace him with a solid player, someone equal or better or whatever, then I think there's a, a slim shot that they tag him with a dick move. And, but they don't give him a new deal. They actually go through the year with the hard cap number and then just... After that, the animosity will be. There was already animosity. Okay? You won't hear that anywhere else. Um, but remember that phone call? Anyway, so there was animosity. And, you know, another tag year, the animosity will build. And it'll be just like a volcano in Iceland. This podcast replay is brought to you by Top Gun Indoor Range, the only indoor public archery range in Dade County. They also have a state-of-the-art gun range with the latest in indoor air quality with 18 lanes up to 25 yards, making them the largest indoor range in Dade County. TopGunIndoorRange.com The other subject has to do with Mike McDaniel. If you can, please, sir, pull up the video. And uh, I want to give a little love to Gus Gus 1388 because, you know, his his loyalty uh, to this program is second to none. And uh, he's really a good dude uh, and been a a strong supporter of us for years. And he kind of uh, at times is like a, a secret producer on the show. Because he sends me stuff that I may not have seen. You know, some, a lot of times I see it, and then there's a bunch of times that I didn't see something he found, you know? And so he finds this video, a very interesting video of Sean McVay. We're going to play it for you. Um, and Sean McVay looks in the mirror and admits that his game management sucks at times. And then he needs help, and he pretty much labels it a weakness. So he hires a guy by the name of John Streichter. 
He is now the coordinator of football strategy. And I say this because in a very important year for the Miami Dolphins, because as I told you about the salary cap, manageable this year, a challenge but still doable next year, in 26, it's going to be a really impossible hurdle, okay? It'll be a harder hurdle. Maybe you can overcome it, but it'll be a miracle it'll take, okay? Miracle. But the next two years, okay. So what's imperative to get it right in these next two years? To try to take advantage with these group of players and try to win it. But if you don't improve your game management, which has been a, a strong critique of mine of Mike McDaniel, the number one problem with the Miami Dolphins is Mike McDaniel and his game management skills, which they, they suck. So here's Sean McVay openly admitting it and then talking about adding a gentleman that is helping him with game management because he makes too many mistakes during the game. Here we go. Here's Sean McVay. Vision for John Stryker's responsibility. Not use my timeouts in the second half until I need to. Um, no, really, here's what I would say. When I look at myself and really our team from just an after-action review, you say, all right, where is the game going? Where are things that you can do to try to separate yourself and win in those margins? And um, this game management or this game management coordinator, there's there's a select group of people that have really earned a, a great reputation around the league. They have calls on Wednesdays throughout the season. They're really passionate about trying to be able to give each team an edge and, and you look at what this guy's reputation has been in Tennessee, working closely with Mike Vrabel. And I think from afar, I've always admired and respected the way that they handle situations. There's a, an innate understanding of the rules and how to be able to use those to your advantage. Um, clock management, um, some of the situational things that do end up coming up. Um, he's done a lot of different things for Tennessee. But when they ended up having a transition he was a guy that became available and you wanted to be able to jump at the opportunity to get him on board because I think he's going to be really valuable. Um, I've really enjoyed being around him in the short amount of time and getting some exposure to just the passion he has for that specific um, part of the game while also having a big picture capacity for it schematically and then also being able to evaluate personnel. So that'll be the focus and concentration. I think it'll be evolving. You know, we were sitting down the other day and he was talking about all the different roles and responsibilities that he carried in, in Tennessee. And, and a lot of those will be carryover. but I thought it was important that we put somebody in that role to be able to be, uh, you know, just more consistent and, and help me be better for our football team. And he's somebody that I'm going to really rely upon. And I think he's going to help us out a lot. Thanks, Sean. I can only do it. Go ahead. Hey, Sean, following up on that question, what was that like for you, um, re recognizing that that was something, I mean, as you've sort of joked about, and even in this interview, like recognizing that was something that maybe you wanted to look into adding to your staff in this way. I know you've had people weigh in in the past, but this seems like a very clearly defined asset for, for you for you, and, and for you guys. It does, Jordan. And we've had coaches that have kind of carried dual responsibilities I think it was important to be able to isolate that separately um, because of where the landscape of the league is going. And because if you're just being honest, I know I can improve in that area for our football team. And so you always want to take steps in the right direction. Um, and that's not perfect by any stretch, but I do respect the track record. And he's a guy that is so well-respected in that arena. 
And you can see the influence that he had on a lot of situations being handled the right way in Tennessee over the last handful of years with the responsibility that he had for Vrabes. Um, as soon as he became available, the people that carry the highest reputation um, in that network of coaches or people that operate in that circle immediately, oh, you got to go get stretch. He, he's the best out there. Um, and immediately we wanted to be able to act on that. And I give a lot of credit to Brian Zanders. He's so in tune with some of that stuff. Uh, he recognized and identified that right away. Chase Blackburn was able to provide, you know, great insight into the value that he had from when he was in Tennessee for that year. And, um, and we wanted to be intentional about, uh, proactive, intentional and proactive about trying to be able to get him on board with us. Cause I know he was going to have some options and I'm glad that it worked out that he's here. All right. All I can tell you is Mike McDaniel, go look at what Sean McVay is doing. You desperately need this. Desperately need this. I, I, and, and oh, by the way, they got him from where? Who beat Miami at the end of the season to make their season just completely go awry? Tennessee. Mike Vrabel, better coach, and he hires better people around him. So Mike McDaniel, again, this is a young coach. He's learning just like a lot of young coaches. Look at Sean McVay, still learning at this point, and now is when he's making this move. But, you know, he's already got a title at least. So that's the difference. You know, you, you get that leeway, you know, you could give it to him. But in this case, this is exactly what Mike McDaniel needs. A specialist that, that helps him with game strategy. Because McVay, Andy Reid, who was terrible with game management, he got better. McDaniel, uh, LeFleur. You know, these guys are head coaches and they're calling the offense. It's a lot of shit going on, dude. So you've got to be aware of everything going on. So you're worried about your offense, and there's Bradley Chubb out on the field in the fourth quarter of a meaningless game, and look, now you screwed yourself. Because maybe you're thinking about what to do in the next possession, and you should be watching everything that's going on, and you can't because you've got to go talk with your offense and your line and your quarterback and your receivers and whatever, and you can't really pay attention the way you're supposed to. See what I'm saying? Oh, no, yeah, let the defensive coordinator handle it. Yeah, no, no, but you need to be there and be the eyes overall over the defensive coordinator, over the offensive coordinator, over the special. Oh, I'm sorry, you're the offensive coordinator too? Oh, okay, that's a problem. In-game specialist, he's in his headset. Hey, coach, uh, you, you should take some of these players out right now. This game is over, and, you know, you've got guys out there that really don't need to be out there. We can save them for next week. Yeah, that's a good move. Let's get them out there. So I saw that, and thank you, Gus. Appreciate you sending me that. I said this is exactly what Mike McDaniel needs.